you are tuned in to the Creative Dive Podcast, and I'm your host, Renee Leanne. Join us as we dive into the creative lives of artists, musicians, and people working in the arts to find the hidden gems in their stories and experiences. So today on the podcast, we have Caitlin McDonough, and Caitlin is an illustrator, a painter, and more recently, a mural artist. So we're going to talk today about some of those things. Thanks so much for being here today, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast. (laughs) Ah, that's so exciting. And I'm like surprised that it is, but I'm really (laughs) grateful that this is the first one and that you've agreed to do it. So thanks so much. Yeah, it's, it feels good to do one with someone that I know. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like a nice way to ease into doing something like this. <laughs> totally. So maybe we can start off by you talking a little bit about how you started out as an artist. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like I have that kind of classic artist thing where like I grew up as a kid drawing all the time and I feel like when I was a kid, I did some class presentation about being like, I want to be an artist, but maybe I said like a drawer or something. Um, So yeah, I feel like I grew up in a household that was really supportive of the arts. Like my parents are super into music and my dad and showed me all sorts of painters and different visual artists that were really inspiring to me as a young kid or teen. And I also had like a very supportive high school experience, which I think was pretty formative. The art teacher was really, gave me some great opportunities when I was really young to like show at the Victoria Arts Council and stuff like that, which looking back at it, I feel like I was so young. It's like, it's interesting experience to have when you're a teenager. Uh, But I also like had this feeling that being an artist couldn't really be a job or like I didn't think that it was a possible career path so yeah and then I I moved out of BC and I didn't go to post-secondary and I kind of stopped doing art for like a couple years then I met my partner and he was super supportive of me going back and kind of thinking about doing art and like getting into doing it again and so I feel like that kind of influence from someone that I really cared about uh, helped me get into that. And that led me to doing, applying to the 50-50 and doing that show. And that's how I met you. So that's, you know, uh, so that was my first gallery show, which I think was, I just got the notification was about eight years ago. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was such a great show. Yeah, it was, it felt like, you know, it felt really strange to be doing a gallery show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it was just kind of something like, oh, I'll apply and like, who knows if they'll, if it'll go anywhere. And then it turned out to be a really great experience. And I met lots of great people through doing that. Yeah. And then since then, I have kind of just been chipping away at it. And So how would you describe that the work that you do? So it's, I think it's maybe changed a little bit over uh, the years from the time that you showed at the 50-50 yeah. to now. Maybe you can talk about what you were doing then and your processes and then how it sort of changed into what you're doing now. 
it's definitely interesting when I see the work from the 50-50 because I still see a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. At least I can see them. I don't know if other people can, but I, I think can. there's definitely yeah. this like interaction between human life and the natural world or plants and stuff like that and animals that's still really present in my work now. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot has changed since that work. That was all done with like inks and some watercolors and I've kind of cycled through a lot of different materials and now landed to my like loved materials that I don't really want to use anything else but yeah so I feel like my inspirations are still really similar like I pull a lot from nature and symbolism and different folklores and storytelling but yeah I guess the process is completely different and it's yeah it's strange to see like the way that work progresses over the years and how different it can be like I I see stuff that I did then that I'm like oh wow I wouldn't I wouldn't do that now you know (laughs) but it's still part of your history as an artist so yeah but yeah I'd say that my work leans into the surrealism and like illustrative worlds of visual art for sure Mm-hmm. And in terms of what you're using now in your work for um, your materials, so you were using inks and watercolors in the past, but now, now what are you using? Yeah, so I feel like I've always been like very into water-based mediums. Like I've always loved ink and I've loved watercolor and I still do, but I was finding that I wasn't getting the vibrancy or the right amount of pigment or color in them so it was quite a few years ago now but our friend James Kirkpatrick came and stayed with us and he did a show in a mobile art gallery that my partner and I were doing in Victoria and he had these whole vine acrylic gouache paints and I tried those and I just like fell in love with them (laughs) because they're like the perfect mixture of a gouache paint or like something like watercolors but they have really high pigment concentration And you can also get the aspects that I liked of acrylic paint when I used to use them. Because when I used acrylic paint, I found I was always watering them down, which get kind of weird. So these paints I feel are like the perfect combination of what I'm looking for in my materials. So I've basically been using those primarily since then. So it's been quite a few years. I love them. Yeah, and your work is, the colors are so vibrant. And to me, there's just so much imagination and creativity that goes into what you're doing. And there always seems to be these really interesting stories behind what you're making and the work that you're doing. So what do you draw on for inspiration for these symbols and the storytelling behind it, I guess? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, when I was young like as a kid I always loved the artwork in children's books I'm sure a lot of kids resonate with them but I still look back at some like kids books and I find that artwork really inspiring and I feel like that kind of is where maybe some of my more illustrative elements come from like seeing characters that are half animal half human and stuff like that which I've basically been doing since high school or whenever I started really exploring with artwork other than that like for a long time I was pulling inspiration from different folklore and like traditions from different European cultures and different cultures around the world really because it just seems like it's so different than what I grew up with 
here in Canada and it's just like there's so many inspiring things and I feel that was another formative influence in my work and now I feel like I'm just kind of working on creating my own folklore narratives within my work because I've you know I have characters that I started drawing not long after or around the 50-50 show and they're still showing up in my work and there's still different like half animal creatures that are showing up and then yeah symbolism is another thing that I'm really interested in and I've found books that use bookstores and stuff like that talking about the history of symbolism and how it's been represented throughout different cultures and their different meanings and it's often within their art and like how different cultures have represented it and how there's like a universal connection through looking at whether it's a snake or it's like a certain plant or stuff like that and so to me that's like super inspiring because I feel like that's just showing how everyone can connect to artwork or like a visual image maybe they interpret it in a good or bad way or it means something totally different but that is an important part of art to me personally yeah definitely you really do see I think looking at your work yeah it just seems to be this rich symbolism where I feel like you know, different people can get so many different things out of it and sort of create their own stories within the work. And, and more recently, you've been doing work with like these images of the half animal, half human hybrids. And then there's these like trails of different bands of color that are almost like pieces of a rainbow that are sort of connecting different parts of your paintings and your pieces is there something that that means or that is significant to you and what those sort of bands of color that are connecting things mean yeah so those are like the kind of the ribbon hands yeah Yeah, so yeah it's an interesting development they popped into my head one day and it's interesting for me because in my mind it's like a very abstracted version of my work and I think of them as like these tangles of different elements that have popped up in different bodies of work that I've done but they're all kind of wrapped up in these like long ribbon hands (laughs) (laughs) and yeah to me it's just they're like pieces about connection and like they're usually hands that are trying to find each other throughout all of these different things, whether it's like plants or they're tangled up in forests or different pieces of broken things, you know? (laughs) Um, Yeah. They're like, they're a little mysterious to me, which is exciting. Like it's a really interesting part of my work that I'm still kind of figuring out. And I think they are kind of mysterious to other people as well. So it's a, fun thing to interact with for myself and for people when they look at them because I feel like they'll be like oh like that's your little moon face there but it's like wrapped up in these weird bands and there's like this other stuff floating (laughs) around so I'm actually just preparing to do a mural in one of those themes so I'm excited yeah and you've done some really interesting mural work in the last few years I'm not sure when exactly it was that you started but you've now done murals in Victoria in Vancouver in Montreal I'm sure there's other places 
that I don't know about. But how did you get into doing that? And how much of a difference in technique was that? Because typically your work was quite small, maybe like a foot by a foot size to like a huge wall. Yeah, I mean... Mural making is so interesting because I feel like it's one of these things that I've seen a lot of my peers and different artists kind of start incorporating in their art practice. And I guess like my first kind of outdoor mural was about three or so years ago. And before that, I was doing more like smaller panels that would be at an event or like, you know, Riflandia had their headspaces and stuff like that. So it was smaller, kind of larger than I'm used to things, but not like a huge mural, but it was like a nice lead up to that. And then, yeah, my first kind of outside mural was at a brewery in Dunham, Quebec. And it was just like an eight by eight garage door, but it felt like very kind of like, ooh, I'm doing a mural. And it's like (laughs) at this cool place and all these, you know, it's like a very different experience than having a studio practice and being by yourself all day, right? Um, And then after that, I was part of the Concrete Canvas event in Victoria. So that was at the number creative. And that was a big step where it was like, okay, it's not an eight by eight garage door. It's now like a wall of a building, right? And that was really exciting. And it was like a really good learning experience. And I did learn a lot from it. And um, from there, it's kind of just been like picking up projects and uh, like reaching out to people and trying to get involved in different events. I mean, Montreal has a huge mural community here and street art and all sorts of different events going on with that. So that's also been a good way to get in with different projects and things like that. But this year, especially with COVID, I feel like mural art and public art outside is like one of the things that can really remain right now, you know? So it was a fairly busy year for that luckily and yeah (laughs) it's been a big change but um you know you really have to kind of at least for me going from working with gouache on paper and like you said doing smaller works which is largely due to like time restraints or whatever the issue was but um to painting the side of a building with like exterior latex paint it's like such a flip like I'm not using like tiny tiny pointed brushes I'm using big flat brushes it's like it's such a change in process but it feels like it's very exciting to challenge yourself and how you approach your art in a way like that yeah it's been exciting and I feel like it's becoming more and more part of my regular practice I Mm -hmm. thought maybe it'd be like a seasonal thing but I think that it's going to be more of a permanent part of what I'm doing which is fun (laughs) That's awesome. And you've also done um, some other outdoor public art painting, like benches and Mm -hmm. some other object style paintings. And that was really interesting as well. Yeah, I feel like once people start seeing murals or they see public art outside, they're like, oh, like, really anything can be painted, you know, like city benches, like that's a great idea. I was part of a project in Laval, Quebec here, and there's about 10 artists, I think, and we all painted our own bench, you know, it's in a park, you're socially distanced, you're not 
there on the same day, like you're in a beautiful park. It's the perfect way to create art. And then people get to see you doing it. People get to sit there on your art and enjoy it. <laughs> um, I feel like that is like, would be a great program for somewhere like Victoria or wherever to incorporate into having public art in their city. It's like, it's really fun. But yeah, once people start understanding seeing visual art in public, I feel like they're like, oh, like I could make anything and then get artists to paint it. And then everyone gets to see the art. And that's really special too, because it's not art in a gallery or art in someone's studio, which is still special and it has its place, but a lot of people miss out on seeing it because they might not be going to galleries or galleries might be shut. It makes it more accessible for everyone, which I think is important for sure. I just wanted to take a moment to pause this episode and let you know about a little ebook I created that some of you might be interested in. Maybe you're working in the arts and you're curious about how to access grant funding to help fund your artistic work. I've created the mini guide to grant writing that outlines the process in writing grant applications in an easy step-by-step format. It's free to download and you can find the link in the show notes. It's called the mini guide to grant writing. Now back to the show. And so you've also done a variety of work as an illustration artist, including magazine article, illustration, poster design, imagery for companies' products. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got started in that and maybe just talk about some of the projects that you did and what it was like to do them? Yeah, illustration was another big learning curve for me. I think coming from a more of a studio practice, like painting on my own or doing gallery shows, and then going into a more commercial process of working with clients. I also had like zero digital skills, which is something that I've now learned and like invested in getting the proper tools to do so, which has been a big lifesaver. Also for planning murals, it's really useful. But yeah, illustration work, I feel it was just a lot of cold calling people, like reaching out to bands that I really liked. And like Instagram's a great way for connecting with people in that way, because there's a weird lack of barrier with, you know, not that they're like super famous like or like big people, but like still people that I didn't think I would necessarily work with you can kind of message them and just be like, hey, like, I love your music and I love painting to it. And if you ever want painting for your music, like, let me know. (laughs) And it's just luckily worked out. Like I did a tour poster for the Mountain Goats, which like growing up, that's like, they were such an important band and they still are to me. And they're like very formative. And that was just from me cold calling them and them being like, okay like let's do a you know like and teenage Caitlin was flipping out and adult Caitlin still was flipping out so it was really exciting but yeah so it's just been that's just been a process of like reaching out to people and being like hey this is my work it's usually people or like a company or you know someone that I have some sort of connection to through my history you know whether it's a magazine that I've read for a long time or somehow know and really it's like for every five emails you send out 
maybe four of them won't reply to you, but then that one that does is going to be super exciting. Mm -hmm. And it's just an email. And if they don't reply, you can forget about it. And it's not that big of a deal, right? So yeah, it is a weird process of like getting out there. It's not like this year, I've definitely stepped back from like the illustration work because it was more public art focused. And I received my first Canada Council grant this year. So that's been another exciting thing to kind of have time to really focus on my studio practice as well. Mm-hmm. which will be really great for the long winter ahead yeah <laughs> maybe you could tell us a little bit about that so you haven't had any grant funding before this right which is surprising because you've been working on artwork for so long and you've been such an active artist so maybe you can just tell us a little bit about how you decided to apply for a grant which grant you applied for and what the focus of it is yeah so I feel like grants for artists are like this very mysterious thing and it's like seeing you doing a lot of great work on trying to help people out like trying to figure out what grants are how do you get them like how do you present yourself and like a lot of artists that I've talked to I was applying to Uh, the Canada Council for many years (laughs) and wasn't getting approved which is fine because I look back at some of the grants I sent and they were not very good (laughs) so um you have to start somewhere right exactly and like you learn every time you know and your projects change and if it's not the right project they're gonna know so I applied for the explore and create section Mm-hmm. And it was basically, I, I applied for this grant and I got declined. It was the first grant that I got declined for that I felt like, damn, like that really sucks, you know? Like I really felt good about it. I thought I was going to get it. So I reached out to Canada Council and I just said, like, I'd really like to just talk to someone about this. Like, is there any way? Because I know, I feel like they stopped giving feedback because they get such big volume of applications I feel like they said something at some point we can't give feedback anymore whatever and I got an email back and she said okay like we can talk on the phone but it was really useful to talk to her because she was like first of all like maybe 25% of people get approved it's not like you're the only one getting declined and everyone else is getting the grants which is a good reminder because you get declined project and you're like oh man like it's really easy to fall into feeling bad about yourself and what you're doing but it is just a really hard process to get approved through and then you know she also let me know that the grant did get to like the last stage in the process but it just wasn't strong enough Uh, which fell on to my writing skills for the project, which is fair. Like, that's not my strong point at all. And she just was like, you know, like, not to be blunt or rude, but why should people care? Like, that's what you have to think about when you're like, why? Why should people want to fund your project? And why is it urgent? Right? So that was really useful. And I took some time to reapproach the project. And basically it was to expand on a series that I did when I first moved to Montreal, which 
was shown in Burnaby through one of the Burnaby art galleries, like satellite locations. They have a few places where they do rotating shows, which is like a really fun way to show art as well. I definitely encourage for people to look into it and see if they could reach out. Um, Cause it led to a couple of the pieces being put in the permanent collection at the Burnaby Art Gallery, which is also really neat. And that's why I felt like it was like a really good way to like get into the grant process because it felt like a legit, <laughs> a legit thing. And one thing that I did to um, approach reapplying was I got a friend who was going to school at McGill for art history. And she's like a super strong writer, really intelligent and like has a great perspective of looking at artwork from outside my bubble of looking at my own work. And she really helped being like, you know, this is repetitive or like, this is a good point, like expand on that or like, this is too unclear, you know, Mm -hmm. which is really useful because like these grant processes are kind of repetitive and they're kind of asking you the same thing and you kind of are just cycling the information so I encourage for sure like getting a second opinion from someone who's like written a ton of papers on art and they know how to look at art and interpret it and then the other element which kind of comes back to mural making is that I approached it in a way of like okay so I have my studio practice And I'm also doing these large scale murals and like, where do they meet in some way? Because I wasn't finding that I had the time to do larger paintings in the way that I wanted to for like the level of layers and like details that are going into my studio practice works. So how can I like take the experience of now doing large wall murals which again it's like totally different materials and not the same as my studio practice but the idea of like scaling your work and approaching it in a different way from just being a smaller piece of paper or whatever it is or so that was another thing that I threw in there and just being like I need to figure this out because when I'm not painting a mural and I'm suddenly having to paint something in a smaller scale in my studio it's like so jarring, (laughs) like it's like a jarring process for me. Yeah, and then I found out that I got the grant and I was just like, what, is it real? Like, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) It was so shocking. You just gotta really work at it. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations, that must have felt really great after a long process of working at it. Yeah, it's just like, it's nice to know that your work is making sense to people outside of, yourself just looking at it in your studio. And I mean, you are such a multifaceted artist and being able to make those two aspects of your work, the studio practice and the mural practice intersect, I think it's exciting. Another question that I have is that you've shown your work in so many different gallery spaces in Canada and in the States. So everywhere from Victoria, Burnaby, Montreal, to like Brooklyn, Boston, San Francisco, you have a very extensive list of shows that you've done. So how do you approach doing all of these different types of shows? Are you having people contact you? Are you just looking for calls for submissions? What does that process look like? Yeah, I feel like it's a bit of a combination of both of them. Like the Burnaby show, for example, that was 
them reaching out to me. It's also something that I've stepped back a bit from because I kind of, I was doing a lot of cold calling and I'd be like, yeah, I'll get on a train and I'll go down to Portland and like, I'm going to go do this show. And it's super fun. And I've made a lot of great connections, but it's also a lot of work and it's putting a lot of like your own funds out there just to do these opportunities, which is great, but it's also draining in a few different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just the same kind of as the illustration work, like reaching out to spaces where maybe I see artists that I feel a connection to their work, or maybe I know them, or it's them being like, hey, you should contact them. Like, I think it would be a good fit or whatever the circumstance. Um, yeah, but it's been really fun. And I mean, it's a good excuse to travel somewhere and yeah. uh, it's de- it's also something that I've kind of scaled back a bit just to like because I found that I was doing a show making the work for the show and then either the work sells or whatever happens and then you get another show and you're making new work for the show and it felt like this weird cycle of like not making the work and then thinking about the show or finding the right space, but I was like, go, 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 you know? Yeah, I'm trying to approach it from the other way now where I'm focusing on the work and then thinking about what kind of space it should be in. Maybe it should be an artist or in center, or maybe it's approaching a commercial gallery or whatever that is, or doing a more DIY kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like San Francisco, that was me talking to a space there and curating the show with them and then my partner and I drove down there to like go do the show which was really fun but you don't have time for that all the time right yeah so it was like a variety of ways of making these connections but trying to take this slower approach now (laughs) well and I think that that just means yeah you can focus on preparing the work that you really want to be doing and then showing it somewhere versus maybe having to rush to put something together that would fit into that particular venue or that particular theme of a show. Yeah, exactly. I felt like all of a sudden, maybe I was burning out on trying to make visual work for these galleries that, and I didn't feel that I was enjoying the work as much as I should be. Mm. And that's when I kind of started thinking about illustration work and kind of changed that process a bit because I felt like I had to kind of scale back on the gallery and now I'm like feeling the other way where I'm like okay I'm like ready to start I mean getting a grant help is exactly one of the uses for getting these grants is that you can take the time with your work and go through not liking things and starting over and figuring out what you want to be doing And then figuring out what to do with it, whether that's a show or it's maybe it'll make you want to do a different body of work or you're going to lead to something else. But I want to make sure that it's feeling like the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And also maybe it gives you a little bit of time for experimentation again and coming back into that creative process again, rather than just sort of feeling like it's just production. Yeah. Exactly. As soon as I feel that, yeah, I'm like just producing stuff because you need work for a show or like, even if something is too themed or, you know, curated in a certain way, I kind of was feeling like it was just like, okay, 
I'll do this thing. And like, it is really rewarding to like go and meet people and see these spaces in different cities or whatever it is. But yeah, you got to have like that passion <laughs> behind the work. Otherwise I feel like it can, you know, I'm sure it can show to other people and mm-hmm. just burn out. <laughs> right. So what advice would you give to artists starting out that are wanting to make art a full-time career and maybe they're creating work and they don't really know where to show it or how to show it, or even maybe how to get into different realms of artistic endeavors, such as mural art or illustration. What kind of advice would you give to artists that are at that level? Yeah, I feel like an important thing to remember is like everyone's experience is going to be so different. Some people, it just lines up for them and it's a smooth process. Or maybe you're going to choose to go to art school. I personally didn't go to post-secondary school and then took a break and then got back into taking it seriously. But that also included many years of working a full-time job and doing art on the weekends or in the evenings Mm -hmm. and applying to show at galleries or showing at coffee shops or spaces in Victoria or wherever you live that you enjoy and you like being in yourself and then want to see your artwork in Mm -hmm. Um, and when I took the leap to be a full-time artist it was about six years ago and that's when we left Victoria and we moved to Powell River Mm -hmm. and it kind of just felt like the right time to make a take a big jump like that because it was a big change to leave Victoria where we both grew up and we were pretty like ingrained in the community and it felt like the right time to kind of take that risk I mean worse comes to worse it doesn't work out yet and you need to work at it a bit more and get a job and do that same thing but it luckily just was the right set of circumstances and it did work out well but yeah I guess I, I think the best way that I approached it was just reaching out to galleries or spaces that you like, or if it's illustration work or get clients, send them an Instagram message or send them an email and make some sort of personal connection with them. Some magazines that I've worked for, it was like, I grew up with this magazine in my household and my dad read this magazine all the time. And I know this magazine, you know, and if you're ever looking for people, like this is my work and Maybe they won't reply or at least they'll like have your name in their mind or they'll save you in a folder for possible people to work with in the future. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I basically, this sounds really cheesy, but like one New Year's, my resolution was (laughs) to just email people and not be afraid of like, if it wasn't the right way to contact them or like maybe it's not the right place or it's not the right client but just to be like hey like this is my work I really like what you're doing if you are interested or see a possibility to work together this is my contact and like having a solid way of contacting these people and like having your email be clear and concise and not too long because they might just skip over it. I don't know. But yeah, not being afraid to just put yourself out there and make contact with people because sometimes they will enjoy your work and they won't want to work with you. And it'll be a really exciting experience. 
Yeah, that's great advice. And I think it's just important to get to the point where you're able to make that decision to just say, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm not going to worry about it if I don't hear back or if they say no, because the more that you do that, it's likely that somebody will say yes. And then I'm sure that when that happens with somebody that you really like their work or what they're doing, it just really becomes such a motivator to keep doing that. So you can just build from the, the good experiences. And I think another, like similar to that idea is like, reach out to artists that you like, and like, get to know them, talk about what they're doing, get to like, know where they live. I don't know, like making connections with people like that. It's like, if I see a project that maybe it's not something I'm going to do, but I've had people reach out to me being like, Hey, do you know an artist that does this type of work or like that lives here that you would recommend? And it's like, yeah, I would love to recommend my friends, you know, or like artists that I enjoy. So that's another way of making connections and people, I think like to (laughs) recommend other people for jobs too. And Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. And thanks so much for talking to me today and just sharing your experiences and what you've been up to. I think that you've had just such a great artistic career so far and your work is always evolving and becoming more and more interesting. So, so yeah, thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you for letting me show up the 50-50 all those years ago. Because honestly, it was like a very big stepping stone for me. I felt like it was like, okay, like I can do this. I can put my work up in a gallery and people can come look at it. So That's awesome. Yeah, it was such a great show. And uh, yeah, we were so excited to have your work there. So and now I know you and that's great as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks again. We'll see each other in real life sometime soon. Yeah, totally. Thanks for listening to the Creative Dive podcast. Music is by Psychic Pollution. If you enjoyed listening, please like, share, and subscribe. Catch you next time.